for as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. Luke chapter 1, verse 44. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This event, this moment, um, the greeting of Elizabeth and Mary, uh, later Christians came to call the visitation. Uh, the visitation. When pregnant Mary visits her elderly cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. Um, I invite you actually to turn to the cover of your bulletins, because although I desire to preach out of Luke chapter 1, I want to do so through this picture. This is an etching by the great uh, etcher uh, Albrecht Dürer. Um, and you see in the middle here uh, Elizabeth on the left and Mary on the right greeting each other. And I want to sort of preach out of this picture. So as, we, as you're listening, keep this image before your eyes. Um, the visitation, what I want to offer, if you'll pardon the pun, is pregnant with meaning for us today. Uh, it's a picture of God's hiddenness, of the Lord God Almighty, sometimes veiled from sight, and also of the spirit that would worship him, veiled from sight. So um, when you look at this picture, we see with our eyes what Zechariah, you see Zechariah, he's pictured here standing in the doorway on the left. And there's these, seems like maybe neighbors or friends, kind of next door neighbors hanging out on the right-hand side. With our eyes, all you would see is what they would see, the passers-by, just two ladies, cousins, greeting each other with a hug, right? But also now picture with your mind's eye what else is happening at this very moment as recorded in this picture. We know that there in the womb of Mary on the right, the Son of God is incarnate. It seems to be from the Gospel story that Mary rushed over to Elizabeth uh, pretty soon, right away after um, the angel, the power of the Lord, uh, had overshadowed her. So in Mary's belly right now, smaller than, a, than an M&M, <laughs> is the same God that made Mary and made that hill in the background and made Elizabeth, is dwelling there, hidden inside her belly. God the Son has taken up residence from the flesh of Mary. So in this picture, right, as we imagine it, God is present, but he's hidden from sight, right? The neighbors didn't know. Someone walking by the street who saw these two ladies hugging wouldn't know. But God is right there. The Son of God himself is there, present, inside Mary's womb. The neighbors would have no idea, but those who had been informed knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. Also in this picture, right inside Elizabeth's belly on the left, John the Baptist, a little bit older than Jesus, um, so but a tiny little baby leaping for joy at the presence of his master, also hidden within Mary's belly. John the Baptist leaped for joy um, why would he leap for joy? Um, well, when we see, when we look at that, that word leaped, as it's used elsewhere in the scriptures, leap for joy, it's when, when God comes and does something wonderful. The people leap for joy. So God supernaturally gave this tiny little in utero baby the ability to recognize the nearness of his Savior. And so he leapt for joy. So on one sense, it's called the visitation I think some kind of with a double meaning that Mary is visiting Elizabeth, but Jesus is visiting John the Baptist. 
He's visiting the one who would give his entire life to preparing the way, to making the people ready to receive the message and the ministry of Jesus the Messiah. And again, realize that everything that's powerful about this event isn't visible to the plain eye, right? The neighbors would have caught none of this. But we know what's happening. True, John the Baptist, in sort of leaping for joy, he's offering an act of worship to Jesus, the Son of God in Mary's womb. And yet, again, no one in the world knew about that except Elizabeth, and then when she told Mary. True worship was present, but hidden. So I keep saying that phrase because that's the theme I want to sort of burrow into together this morning as we uh, are on the heels of Christmas here. or not the heels, but about to celebrate Christmas. Present but hidden. Because I think that phrase, present but hidden, summarizes a very large portion of our Christian life in the present. That God is to us present but hidden. Isn't it one of the sort of difficulties and aches of this mortal life that God who we know desires us to be with him forever, God who has given us salvation in his son, that we can't reach out and touch and see him? Right? That, that, that there is this layer of hiddenness to God, and not only with our outward eyes, but even sometimes in our sort of spiritual sense. I, I know most of you have been Christians a long time. Who hasn't had some experience of, God, why can't I feel you? Why don't I have some sense that you're near? I understand that I can't touch you, but at least give me some spiritual sensation. And yet sometimes even that is not there. I think there's a wonderful analogy here with pregnancy. Um, those of you who have been a mother or have been friends with a mother know that in those early months, there's that sort of season where sometimes the baby's moving and sometimes it's not. Right? And sometimes that anxious mother can be sort of concerned, like, oh, I haven't felt a kick in a while. But even if you can't feel the kick, the baby's still there, right? And, but then there's a kick of reassurance. Oh, yeah, the, there's the baby. I think there's a, a similar image there. God's given us sort of a, a visceral picture of our own relationship with him. That he's here even sometimes when we can't feel him. Actually, maybe especially. It's important to remember that just because we can't feel him doesn't mean he's gone. Right? He's hidden. With this, in the same way that Jesus was hidden in the womb of Mary. He's present, but hidden. Um, it's the same thing in the mysteries that Jesus entrusted to us, right? He said to his apostles on the night before he died, celebrate this meal in remembrance of my death. And this is my body and my blood. And so the apostles and every Christian minister ever since has been faithful to that command, right, to celebrate this mystery what we receive is just bread and wine in one hand, but hidden, right? unperceivable by sense, hidden under the form of bread and wine. We know that the Lord himself is ministering his body and his blood to us. Jesus in communion is present, but, but hidden. When we think about our own lives, within each one of you who believes and has been baptized, we know from the promises of God that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who's been worshipped by the angels for eternity, well, since he made the angels, they've been worshipping him, lives within each of us, right? Each of you has almighty God living within you, 
but in a hidden way, right? A photograph of you and a photograph of a non-Christian, the photo might look the same. But the outward appearance is only the beginning of the story. God himself in each of your lives. And what's my joy here is each with each passing month is I get to see it more and more, to see how of course, here is God present, but hidden, working out your salvation himself in the midst of what life presents. God is present, but hidden. Just like how this looks like just two ordinary Judean ladies, but secretly there's a whole bunch going on inside their bellies. There's a spiritual picture for us. We look like just ordinary folk. And yet God is in our midst and living within us. And that's the most exciting thing, that, that his presence that is hidden. I think also, too, um, it is, of course, the case that God has shown, has made himself known to each of us Partly with the intent, partly just so we could know him and enjoy him forever. That's sort of the core reason. It's the case that also that we might share that light with others, right? As Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bushel, right? So there is an element of that God does call us to share the gospel that we've received with others. I think sometimes in the church's right preaching of that, we've sometimes failed to preach the other truth which we see so abundantly in the life of Mary, which is Mary took all these things and treasured them up in, his, in her heart. Right? Not just thinking, okay, I've got something, I've got to give it away right away. But keeping it in balance with God has given me something, I should treasure this in my heart. That there's an element even of hiddenness to our worship sometimes. Right? That other people might not know, but in my heart, I might be delighting in God. The same way that John the Baptist leapt in Elizabeth's womb that in the course of our daily Christian life, sometimes I might say out loud with my lips, thanks be to God for what he just did, and be a witness to Christians and non-Christians of my testimony to God's presence. But sometimes it doesn't have to be out loud, just in our own hearts to delight, to say, thank you, God. I worship you for how you've blessed me today, maybe materially, maybe spiritually, but in a sort of secret, hidden way, that in, with that delight that Elizabeth and Mary cherished so much about the presence of God in their lives. I think in, if we don't have a balance between sharing and treasuring ourselves, um, the sharing becomes thinner, kind of less substantial. If it's something that we've treasured in private, that we've worshipped in times that nobody knew we did, inwardly, in a moment, in, in public, wherever, um, if we're not cultivating a private worship, um, our public testimony is, is less substantial. We can worship God in the midst of anything, e even when it's invisible. So um, I've kind of already made these points, but I want to just sort of make clear two more things about what we're to make of the fact that God in his providence sometimes, actually in many ways, chooses to be hidden. Why would he come hidden in the belly of Mary, and then veiled in flesh, right? That's the great hymn of Philippians 2, that he actually veiled his glory, let go of his glory that he had in heaven forever, uh, and took on the form of just an ordinary guy. As it says in Isaiah, of whom there's nothing notable to look at. What does it reveal about God that he would hide part of himself in this way? Um, what are we to learn about it as Christians? I think partly 
there's some deep mystery. And this is something I've been sort of studying for the last few months, and I, I feel like I'm just kind of scratching the surface on, and I want to figure out more, and hopefully I'll have more to preach in time to come. But, you know, there's that strange proverb that says it's the glory of kings or the glory of wise men to conceal a matter. That we're, we're sort of so intent on a culture, on sort of knowing everything with crystal clarity up front. And I, I heard a preacher one time say, only shallow waters are clear. There's something about the depths of God that there is this mystery. Why, when he appears to Moses, is it in a cloud of darkness? Why is there this hiddenness? I, I don't know the answer why. I don't have an answer now. Maybe in, after 50 more years of discipleship, I might have an answer. But it is the case that God conceals his glory, even conceals himself sometimes. I think the fact we know that about him should give us comfort when we do feel like he's far away. So remember, no, no, no. With God, there's no such thing as distance. He inhabits the whole universe. He's infinitely attentive when a sparrow dies, right? He's not going to go off duty on your life. He's really close. So when he feels far away, to remember, okay, I know that God is here, but he's hidden himself. And to then sort of be engaging with God in prayer in that way. Not, God, where are you? But God, I know you're here. Why, why are you staying hidden? What are you trying to show me? Would you draw near? And, and, and praying out of a knowledge that is present but hidden. I think also um, there's an invitation to sort of in that same vein sort of ponder a bit more deeply what's happening in our own lives. If you sort of glance at Mary and Elizabeth, if you were walking by, you'd just say, oh, two people. And you'd fail to notice that the greatest prophet that ever came is worshipping secretly the Son of God himself. I think in a similar way, and the, we rush through our, through our lives in such a way, we don't stop and, and inquire, God, where are you right now? What have you been doing for this last season, this last year, this last five years? Like, we just kind of barrel through. And I think something that the holidays in sort of inviting us into sort of continued spirit of Sabbath rest, of a Christmas break and, a, and meals and sitting around, there's an invitation to sort of think more critically, to, to sort of ask more probingly, God, I know that you're present. Maybe I haven't felt that you're present. What are you doing? What are you trying to encourage in my life? What are you trying to discourage in my life? And, and really to stop and, and pray. And if you ask that question and keep praying it, the Lord will speak to your heart through like he, through our minds, through our, what the psychologists would call our unconscious minds, or through like thoughts will come to mind often suggested by the Holy Spirit. Of, oh, have you been trying to teach me this? And I've just been too busy to notice that that was you trying to teach me this? That what I thought was just an irritation is actually your invitation um, to bring a part of my heart that needs some healing or some reformation and some of your cleansing to light? and to be worked on. It could, all, the answers are manifold. But I really encourage you as you sort of slow down a little bit, hopefully slow down a little bit for Christmas, to inquire. Um, Lord, where are you in my life? What do you, as we look at this picture and say, where are you in this picture? Well, the scripture has revealed inside Mary's belly, inside Elizabeth's belly. Where are you in this picture? To ask that question. Lastly, um, 
as a sort of as a culture, we all celebrate Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve tomorrow, and then Christmas Day Tuesday. You know, a camera might record sort of if a camera took a snapshot photo of you at your table, it might look like a Christian table or a non-Christian table. The outward part doesn't tell everything. What the difference is inward, to be giving thanks to God, right? That when there's an abundant feast spread out, when there's gifts that you've been had the privilege to receive or give to give thanks to God for that. And then to remember as we pray every day in morning prayer, to sort of remind us of this, those of you who've come to morning, who pray morning prayer, know the prayer well from the general thanksgiving. We thank God for his material blessings, but then we pray every day. But thank you most of all for the redemption of the world by your son, Jesus Christ, by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace, the scriptures, communion, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. Right, to not stop at me giving thanks for the material things, but to go on that Christmas and say, Lord, thank you for this food, and thank you for saving us from death. What a, that, that would shake up the family prayer table before dinner, right? <laughs> but let's not forget that's what Jesus is doing when the Son of God takes on flesh, ransoming us, beginning his ransoming work right, by taking on a flesh. And that Hebrews reading he just hit me again today, like, you have prepared for, this Jesus speaking through the psalm, you've prepared for me a body. The Son of God saying, I'll take on a body to give myself for the people that you've made who've been lost in darkness, right? That's what we give thanks to God for at Christmas. And we can give thanks out loud in prayers and in our hearts, right? While we're eating, while we're opening a present. Lord, thank you. I worship you. Just like Elizabeth, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb, worshiping in the midst of what's happening. So I, I invite you to sort of keep this picture of Mary and Elizabeth greeting kind of imprinted on your minds as we sort of go through this next week of holiday uh, together uh, and see if the Lord doesn't carve out some space for you to, to worship him in a hidden way uh, and maybe also in your prayers to sort of reach out to him in his hiddenness in a, fre in a fresh way as well. Amen.